What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Coaches Network. Yes, yes, people. What's happening? Wednesday morning it is. That's if you listen to it today, of course. Um, but wherever you listen to this, whenever you're listening to it, I hope you're having an incredible week so far, an incredible weekend if you're listening to the weekend. Um, but more importantly, guys, I just want to kind of bring back the message of why we're here. You are here for episode three of the success series, and it's been an incredible start to the, to the new show of the Coaches Network. I'm joined by my guy, Just Rose, each week, every Wednesday, where we're discussing all things finances, entrepreneurship, personal development. Um, you know, we're here to help people network, grow, learn off each other, inspire one another. And that starts with you guys. So, you know, we want you guys to be part of that community. So make sure you're following us on social media. Uh, you can find my account at The Coaches Network on Instagram or at The Coaches Network on Twitter. You can find Jazz's account at Mr. Jazz Rose on Instagram. Make sure you're following us. We've got some great content coming out for you every single week. Um, feel free to go back through the previous episodes. In fact, I'd encourage you. Um, there's some real gems in there real gems in there guys and hopefully some of you start to implement some of the stuff already i know that even just having the conversations with myself which has there's been some transformational things going on in our own personal labs um, and we want to just kind of share that with you guys and it's all about building a community for us so join us on that journey to a, you know finding a phenomenal life and on that road and guys you know if you're listening to this on apple podcast in particular make sure you head over to apple podcast right now leave us review pause it for two seconds if you're not listening to it on Apple Plus, no worries. It's on all major platforms. And if you want to catch it live, guys, every single Wednesday we'll be live at 7.15 a.m. having these conversations. Um, so feel free to get, get on live with us. Let us know some you know, if you've got any questions, any topics that you want to hear discussed. Um, but let us know how you find in the show, guys. There's been some incredible gems for me in particular, but I want to hear from you guys. You know, what, what have you guys been finding interesting? What have you found useful for yourselves? Is there any questions that have come up off the back of some of the conversations you've heard me and Jazz have? Um, get in touch with us. Leave us a DM. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you do that. Um, and if you can, guys, it'll be incredibly appreciated if you could just take a moment to just share this. Share this with whoever you think this is going to find value in it. Whether that be on social media, whether that be dropping a text with a link to the show. Um, but guys, I don't want to take away too much of your time and you know I want to get real to the nitty-gritty of today's conversation and today myself and Jazz we you know we sat down to discuss the difference between saving and investing um so I don't want to take too much meat away from the bones on this one so I'm going to leave it there guys but remember make sure you're following us have a great day have a great week and here's the next step to the incredible phenomenal and outstanding life for the future take care guys Right, guys, welcome back to the Coaches Network. We've got a twist on it. Money Mastery with Jazz Rose. Jazz, just for brief on maybe people that haven't tuned into the first couple episodes of us, tell us about who Jazz Rose is and how, and then we can go from there, man. Yeah, perfect, bro. Uh, financially free entrepreneur, proud parent of two amazing children. And really, I wake up every day and look for ways to inspire and empower people to become financially free. Awesome. Jazz, obviously, you know, over the last couple of weeks and obviously the weeks to come ahead that we're going to have some, you know, very topics within the whole world of finance, uh, entrepreneurship um, and even personal de- development to discuss. But today, you know, we're going to want to look into the idea of finance, but more specifically, saving versus, inve- versus investing. Mm-hmm. 
would you mind just maybe breaking down from your perspective the two key differences from the, you know both areas yeah perfect so saving is putting money aside in order to either invest in something in the future or to spend on something in the future a lot of people view saving to cover for an unexpected expense and that's a portion of your savings that you need to put aside in order to secure yourself and give you that financial peace of mind and that financial stability that's really going to secure your future the other side is investing. Now, investing is when you put money into a specific place or into a specific market in order to seek a higher return. And understanding the balance between the two, understanding deference between the two is really, really important. Awesome. So, I mean, from your perspective, then, in terms of saving, why would someone choose to just save as opposed to invest? And what, you know, what are the potential benefits of that as opposed to investment? You know, the investment piece for me is around... Well, with the saving, there's less risk. It's just, you know, just, I guess, putting aside whatever you've got, but it's probably less challenging or more challenging, shall we say, to maybe multiply or capitalize on that income that you're putting away Mm. as opposed to the investment piece. Well, let me challenge you on that. Saving is not less risk. Saving is actually more risky. Okay. Saving is actually more risky than investing because when you're saving money, you're typically earning significantly less than the rate of inflation. So the rate of inflation tends to be around two to three percent annually. Your savings rate <laughs> is probably zero point two five percent if your bank is anything like mine, if not less. And that means that the inflation rate is going up two to three percent every year, which means that your money next year in twelve months' time is less valuable than it is today. So a lot of people could be aggressive investors and say to themselves, "Well, why would I ever save anything? I only need to save, I don't know." a thousand or two thousand pounds in my account and i'm going to invest the rest now that's where it can become or seemingly become risky because now you're putting so much of your money into an investment capital that you have no liquid fund which means that if that investment is down at the point that you need it if the investment is down at the time then your washing machine breaks down or the time that your car breaks down or the time that your mum's in hospital and you've got to and your mum from a, your mum is in hospital in a different country, and you've got to fly over there at an emergency, or something happens to your boiler, it breaks down, and it's it's run out of insurance because you were two days outside of the policy, or whatever it might mean. And you know these things would never sort of seem to happen, but they always happen to us. And why did they happen to us? Because we're human. <laughs> so you've got to really uh, create room for error, and you've got to plan for the downside. So saving is definitely. Um, in many ways, more risky than investing. If we're talking about building wealth and building money, nobody ever got wealthy off saving. (laughs) Nobody ever really built a sustainable uh, wealth package through saving. So you want to make sure that you have sufficient savings in order to cover yourself, look after emergencies, etc. And you want to make sure that you're investing powerfully for your future. So I guess if we had to look at it from a perspective of maybe ratios, if you like, or, you know, what will be the kind of a, a good kind of percentage to kind of dedicate to each area, if you like? Yeah, perfect. So different people have different perspectives on this. A general consensus around the sort of finance community is to have a minimum of three to 12 months of expenses saved up. And that really depends on your money mentality. It depends on how you think about money. And I was reading a book, uh, just finished reading a book called The Psychology of Money, which is really good. And the way the author explains it in that book, Morgan Housel, he says, invest and save in a way that's going to give you peace of mind 
So use the narrative as a guideline, use the three to 12 months as a guideline. But the most important guideline that you can use is the frequency in your mind that says, if I invest this money, am I going to sleep good at night? If I save this amount of money, am I going to sleep well at night? So for some people that might, they, mean, they might need to have, let's say, for example, your expenses, Yaz, to cover your rent, your mortgage, your car payments, your food bill, and to sort of keep yourself safe and, and comfortable in life. Let's say, your annual, let's say your monthly expenses are two grand a month. Okay. And now you got to multiply that by six and you might be comfortable now saying, okay, I'm good. If I've got 12 grand in my account, anything happens, I lose my job, COVID 2032 comes, right? Something happens that's unexpected. I lose my job. I lose my career. All of my clients have gone off to Australia because something happened. Over, do you know what I'm saying? Like whatever happens in life, you know, okay, cool. I've got that 12 grand. I'm, I'm cool. Whatever stressful situations come in, you know, worst case scenario, I've got that 12K there and I can stabilize myself and I can move. Now, that's giving you peace of mind. Some might say, well, my expenses are two grand a month and actually my excess from my income, my income is 10 grand a month, say. So now I've got an excess every single month of eight grand. So maybe I'm, and I've been doing this for the last 10 years and I've got five different streams of income. So maybe I don't need six months of expenses. Maybe I'm more comfortable. Maybe it gives me peace of mind to only have three. Because I know if that income stream breaks down over there, I've still got that one to pull from. So it's really about understanding who you are, what your psychology around money is, what your money mentality is, and what's going to make you sleep easy at night. No, definitely brilliant. Uh, you know, just to kind of touch on what you've just said there, and, you know, that concept of money mentality. For those that maybe just wanted to know a little bit more about that, would you mind just expanding on exactly what that is? Yeah, sure. We had a phenomenal conversation about this and we go through this for about an hour and a half on the Money Mastery program. And we did this yesterday. So your money mentality is essentially the psychology of the way that you think about money. And everyone has a, a, a money mentality. And in the program, we explain that there's five dominant money mentalities and we all have traits of all of them. And what happens is, is that there's one mentality typically that dominates our thought processes based on whether we're going to buy something, whether we're going to invest on something, how we feel about that piece of communication over there, how we feel about that, that negotiation over there with that raise or that potential, uh, that potential new business idea or whatever it might be. It's all wrapped up in how you think about money and how you think about money is not really uh, a good representation of who we are or what we want to do. Mm. So the representation is, Here's the thing, what I want to achieve, and I'm making this up, but I'm saying I want to achieve, I want to get a house within the next couple of years. But my money mentality is a super saver mentality. So, and I've got that from my parents because they were really good savers and they were really frugal and tight and so on and so forth. So I've kind of got that in me. But if I want to really get that house or I want to get two houses in the next five years, that mentality isn't necessarily serving me. Mm. So now I've got to be able to switch and adapt between different mentalities in a way what's going to serve me the most effectively. Because what we have to learn to understand is that a lot of the, the, the stories, the, that, look, the mind goes to work on stories, right? The left side of the brain says, that's an incident. That's an experience that I had over there. Now let me create a story about that. That's a natural human process. It's neuroscience. It always happens. You can't control it. You can't stop it. What you can stop is you see you can start to become an adult and start to really reflect on that experience and say, that's a story. It's not necessarily real. 
And when you start to have those conversations with yourself, then you can start to really break down what your money mentality is and then start to shift it and realign it into a way that's really going to serve you powerfully. And one thing that people should understand as well is that whatever that mentality is, it's really, really good. And it's really good because that mentality serves you and it serves you to get you to this point. But if you think of it like, if you think of it like this, like let's say there's, uh, let's say there's 10 conversations that you have and through those 10 conversations, your dominant mentality is going to serve you six or seven. Your dominant mentality is going to serve you about five or six times. And it's going to get you through those doors and it's going to get you to where it's going to, where you want to go. What happens is also though four or five times, it's blocking you from where you want to go. Yeah. And what the pattern of understanding is, is being able to now see that if I use this mentality here in this situation, then it's going to block me. So now I need to switch tact, I need to switch attitude, I need to switch emphasis on how I talk, how I behave in order to create a different outcome. So now instead of getting blocked to four or five times out of 10, I'm now getting blocked once or twice out of 10 or zero if I'm really, really good at this and I really start to master this. Sure, so just on that, you, you know, it's posed a couple of questions for me. First of all, it's, you said there was five different types, was there? Yeah. Yeah, so th those five, you know, the, all I've kind of heard from those, maybe there's five different ways in which we understand money. So there's five different languages for money in that respect. So would you mind just maybe delving in a bit deeper in terms of what those five are? And beyond that, you talked about reflection piece, that reflection piece when you're saying, right, okay, this is an experience, but I'm now turning it into a story. Mm. In that reflection process, what are some of the questions that maybe you're asking yourself? So let me tackle the, 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 the first one first. So you've got the lender, you've got the saver, excuse me, you've got the, you've got the lender, you've got the saver, you've got the, I went through this yesterday, what's happened to my brain? Um, you've got the super lender, you've got the super saver, you've got the, what else have you got? It's, it's lost my mind for a second. Um, who else have we got? Super lender, super saver. You've got the super rejector, the person that, you know, Someone offers them help and they always just yeah. palm it off. Let's, let's, let's I'm right. You've got your super saver. So just tell us maybe the characteristics or the, 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 the traits, if you like, of a super saver to start with and we'll kind of go from there. Uh, yeah, so a super saver is somebody that just loves to save money and they tend to save enough to secure themselves, but they tend not to invest because they have a mindset which correlates a little bit back to what you said. They feel like investing is risky, which means that they're comfortable. They never really extend beyond where it is that they're at so they make marginal gains in life but they don't make maximum gains in their life mm. and that's a good thing because it keeps you safe it keeps you stable but it's also bad because it doesn't take you to the next level which is where you want to go yeah um, and then you've got somebody that is the super rejector who is like people offer them help and they always reject it and they always palm it off because they always feel the need that they need to cover things and do things by themselves mm. but if we understand that money is a transfer of energy then we have to understand that uh, in order for money to flow to us and through us, then actually we have to have this transfer of energy, which means that you have to communicate, you have to build relationships, etc., and build this interdependence with other parties. And the more you do that, the more frequently you do that, the more effectively to do, you mm. do that, the more money you're going to earn and the more that money is going to be able to serve you effectively. Sure. So, that, so you've got a super saver there. The second was a super, uh, the super rejector. Rejector, yeah. And we've got the super lender. Yeah, lenders are people that just love to lend money. <laughs> it's like the DJ Khaled video when he's like, when he's like, hey, buy your mom a house. 
go buy your parents to have, go spend some money for no reason, <laughs> you know, and it's that kind of attitude, that kind of psychology that a lot of us have grown up in, where we, we, we lend a lot of money because we've grown up in a very communal community. And again, there's, there's really, really positive and good traits to that. But if you're always that way inclined in certain spaces and certain uh, conversations that you're going to have, you're going to appear like a super lender and it's going gonna, it's gonna to deflate you financially. And just so you've got the three there, have you managed to clock on what the two others were? No. <laughs> Let's work with those three for now then. Um, I guess my, you know, my next kind of question is, Obviously, let's just let's go back to the previous question. Actually, you know, I asked you about the reflection process. So, you know, of moving it from a, an experience to a story. What, what what are some of the questions that you're kind of considering in that process, and what do you see as the benefits of those questions? When you say to to move it from an experience to a story, um, explain what you mean about that. So I'm really so, clear. You know, you, if you initially said, okay, you're taking on this whatever's happened, it's an experience. You now, I guess, turning it into story. Um, from my understanding and the way that you phrased it is almost right. You're breaking it down to understand, right, what's the journey of that experience, yeah. if you like. Yeah, All right. So I'll give, you an I'll give you an example of my Uncle Dave. Good old Uncle Dave. <laughs> Good old Uncle Dave. So Uncle Dave is the guy that we never really spent a lot of time with Uncle Dave growing up because he was out at work and nobody knew where Uncle Dave, whatever I would ask where Uncle Dave is when I was a kid, it would be like Uncle Dave's at work, Uncle Dave's busy, Uncle Dave's making money for his work. So that's an experience that I had. Now, the story that I told myself about that experience was if you're, if you're making a lot of money, Money means that you don't spend time with your family. Money means that you are, uh, you are an extension. You are an extended family member that never that never communicates or relates to your family because you're so busy. Mm. So the story that I told myself about that was: don't get too much money. That means you have to spend time away from the family, and you'll never be you'll never be you'll never be respected. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. ...by a family, you never be loved by... So that's a story that I made up, but that's not real. The fact is that Uncle Dave was busy working, and that's the only fact. But I made a story about that as an eight-year-old that carried, carried, carried through with me 
in my 30s. So oftentimes we're having conversations with ourselves about money based upon a story that we learned when we were seven or eight years old. Mm. And we're 30 years old making decisions based upon a story that we made up when we were eight. <laughs> it's a great point. I think, I guess it lends itself back to the concept of this money mentality. Obviously that mentality has come from somewhere. Yeah. So how do we, you know, if you had to maybe describe yourself in where you kind of fit along that spectrum, if you like, of different style, different mentalities of money, where would you sit yourself? Yeah, probably a, the, the dominant mentality that I used to have and that I still have traits of is a super saver. So I'm somebody that, that loves to, that loves to save money. And then what I've learned to do over the last few years is to really invest it powerfully and really to understand that tethering balance between what you were speaking about earlier, which is how much do I save? How much do I invest? What percentages? And I went too far the other side mm. um, about five or six years ago where I had so much money invested, I had no cash. <laughs> so, you know, I, I would want to do something or go on a holiday or whatever it is. And it's like, I've got two and a half million pounds invested in property and I've got two grand in my account. So I can't do it. Do you know what I mean? So um, that was a that was a little bit of a problem for me. So now I've recalibrated my relationship with money and got into the real space where I'm really comfortable and efficient. Sure. And it just just on that, then you know, so you've now gone from having a certain mindset and you know, that you talked about your uncle Dave and you know, good old Uncle Dave and that, and how he, maybe your your relationship with you know where Uncle Dave is. I still don't know where he is, man. I okay. wish I could find out. <laughs> um, hopefully, we'll be back soon as soon as he hears this this episode. But. Um, <laughs> I guess from your perspective, you know, how, what were some of the things that you started to go through to maybe shift your mindset and shift that mentality? Was it certain experiences that maybe you'd come across and see different people, different mindsets, and you started maybe becoming curious around, oh, that person's got a different mindset to money, or I've got a different mindset to money. Was it something that someone said that maybe, you know, that lit a light bulb at a certain moment for you? Because mm. clearly yeah. that mentality that you had back then, and whilst there may still be some traits of that within you, you're almost trying to, if you're like, relay the road yeah i have to give massive kudos to my friends because my friends have been my, my the friends that i've met over the last within the last five years or so have been a massive massive uh game changer for me and uh, you know all the friends that i've met in the last five years or so are multi-millionaires okay and these people have really stepped up my my financial game just through seeing what their mentality is and how mm -hmm. they operate around money. And again, it's really about, it's not about uh, an essence of me copying them because their experience, their, their mentalities, their psychology, mm -hmm. their income levels and so on are different and their goals are different, okay? And that's one of the things that I realized because one of the things that kind of I went through was trying to, in some small ways, copy what they were doing. And then what I realized is that was stupid. Like their, their goals are different, okay? Yeah. So they're playing a different game to me. Yeah. I'm playing basketball, they're playing football. So why am I trying <laughs> why am I trying to do what they're doing? Though, just, but I think on that, you know, people often say that, you know, you you are almost a reflection of the people you surround yourself with. So oh, yeah. you, you know, that goes a long way to say that you never want to be the smartest one in the room. So if you have those people around you, you naturally they're gonna, I guess, pull you out of your uh, pull, pull you out of the bottom of the, of the ocean if you like and pull you to the top of the surface yeah because they're already up there so you're going to naturally pick up on some of their habits whether that's their mentalities whether that's some of the it, it sounds silly i was listening to someone the other day and he said you know if you want money you're gonna to have to you need to you need to know what what how money walks 
Mm. There's a certain walk to it. So let's let's start walking like we've got money, and then mm. you know the rest will come eventually. And then you start talking like you've got money. Then it's it's almost like to an extent a fake it till you make it kind of attitude, um, where you're putting yourself into a you're almost playing a role until it becomes real. Yeah, yeah. From your perspective, how how maybe that's that, that kind of resonates with you? Yeah, it's. Um, I do have uh, issues with the with the terminology, with the phraseology, fake it between before you until you make it. Um, and I much more resonate with what you said later, which was do things until they become real, because you're actively pursuing through the communication that you have both physically, both your body language, your mm. verbal tone, your intonation of your voice. You and I can have the same conversation with a hundred different people and get a hundred different results. Why? It might be slight intonation of the voice. It might be I speak like this and you speak like that. So it's really, really starting to understand all of those, all of those notions, all of those nuances in order to really, really be effective with mm. these kind of communication patterns. But it's really about having that, you know, uh, as you said, learning how money walks, learning um, those communication patterns that are effective, that are going to serve you in the most successful way, but not faking it. You're, you're, you're moving in a way in which you're manifesting what you want. Maybe, and you're maybe rehearsal is a better word. Huh? Maybe rehearsal is a better word. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you're moving in a way which is now manifesting what it is that you want to create. Mm. So if you and I have a conversation, yes, and you and, and and I say to you, and you say to me, "How are you?" and I go, "Yeah, I'm having a really tough day," and uh, you know the weather's cold outside, and you know um, you know yesterday was a bit rough because the kids stayed up all night. And where does that lead our conversation? That leads our conversation down a path of okay, you're Yaz and you're going, okay, cool. Like, have you tried, you know, putting your kids to bed earlier or, you know, don't worry, Jazz, it'll be all right. And we'll have a decent conversation. Mm. But the likelihood of that growing into an accelerated conversation around a business idea or an income idea or let's start a podcast together is significantly less likely than if you ring me and say, Jay, Jazz, how you going? And I'm like, you know, what? I'm really great. You know, I've just been working on this amazing sequence, my money mastery program. And I'm really inspired to get people, get more people motivated to transform their financial lives and become financially free. Mm. Where does that take our conversation? It takes it down a completely different pathway. Definitely. Definitely. I, I guess, you know, for, for me then, you know, on that, would you say that there's, is there certain questions or certain filters that we need to kind of switch on to try and see, right, where are these people around us? You talked about meeting some people over the last five years, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, know, you can't, you know, you must, you might, it might be as simple as this, but just go down the street and say, oh, that person looks like they've got money. So let me go and gravitate towards them. But obviously that's a bit weird, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but on the same, on the same token, there's obviously certain filters or certain kind of, uh, yeah, if you like filters that you're putting on to kind of identify who these people are that you're going to gravitate towards, how are you going to maybe connect with them? Is there certain people that you've maybe sought out to kind of go and put yourself around? Or is it right? Actually there's certain spaces that you've gone to, to come around these sorts of people, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's two prongs. There's a couple of prongs to that. And the first one is to put yourself in a position of success. And what I mean by that is really start to put yourself in a position of one of my friends, uh, MK, talks about this. And he said, and like often people ask him, you know, how do I find great people or whatever? Uh, and, and, and Keith says this a lot as well. He's like, put yourself in a position that makes you valuable to successful people. Mm. 
yeah so people would be like hey man can i help you out do this and whatever and what he's basically saying is that you need to show that you are that you are valuable to these people you mm. need to show that you are um in a in a psychological and a mental and a physical space that you can either serve them you can support them you can help them or you're aligned with them so um one of the ways that you can do that is by studying ridiculously hard um on things that you don't usually study uh you you know you mentioned something earlier about how did, like what was the shift for me uh one of the things that I had a few different experiences around money which were crazy my cfo rang me one time she said hey jazz i can't make payroll i said what the f like shut the kitchen door what on earth is going on right we've been running this business for the last 15 years i put you in charge for the last two and now you're telling me we can't make people like what happened right so that was an experience that i went through and through that process i learned that hey nobody else is in control of my financial future but me right don't rely on anybody else to control your financial future other people can serve and support but you are responsible so that's one thing that i picked up and then then i started to really start to dig deep and start to learn more about money so i've read well over 50 books around just on the topic of money i tell you now in for the for the years of between 2019 and 2020 i don't think i read a book that didn't contain the word either money millionaire or wealth in it <laughs> i just went hard do you understand so now i've really understood that full cycle of mm -hmm. what wealth looks like what money looks like and what financial freedom looks like in order to and what different people's experiences is to really have a full and vibrant understanding of that so in terms of meeting people now it's like we're able to communicate on the same pattern we're able to communicate on the same language we're able to communicate about the same investments and so on and so forth now we might have different completely different levels of our experience but because you you might be investing 20 million over there and i've only invested 2 million but because I know how what it looks like to investigate invest 20 million because I've read about it I've went to courses I've learned about it and I've been in these situations before now you and I are on the same communication pattern mm, mm. now I can build a relationship with you and now you now you see trust in me because hey you understand where yeah. I'm coming from Well, it comes yeah. back to that idea of language is a common language now you've understood you know because I know I whilst I maybe not haven't directly experienced it yet I'm aware of it. I'm aware of how the, how the system works. So Correct. it's now, if you like, it's almost like someone coming out of uni with a degree, yeah. someone having four or five years experience in the field. Mm -hmm. At some point, there's going to be crossovers in the language that they speak. But obviously, the person with the experience is probably going to have a few tr tr uh, guess tricks up their sleeve that which might not get taught in the books, if you like. Yeah. So let me give you an example, a very common example and a very common experience. Excuse me. Um, a person who is not financially successful and not financially literate walks into a millionaire's house. And what do they say? They say, oh, wow, this house is lovely. And words that come to this effect. I would love to have a house like this, but I can't because. Mm. So now, as a millionaire, I'm looking at that person and immediately, naturally, organically, I can't help it. Okay. But my receptors in my brain say, repel, 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 repel. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't want this negative energy around me. And the, then the, the, the logical side of the brain says, let me support this person. And you support them to a certain extent, but you're not going to be racing to invite them back to your house. Yeah. You're not going to be racing to help that person and go above and beyond unless there's a different, unless there's a different narrative behind that.
But nine times, eight times out of 10, you're not going to do that naturally because that person is giving off an energy which is negative correlation to money. As a millionaire, my correlation to money is positive. Hmm. When you start having your experiences that I can't, it's too difficult. Oh, um, and here's another one that people say, oh, you're so lucky to have all this. And as a millionaire, that's worked tremendously hard to create what it is. And that's come from a very similar experience and background to, to somebody else who's coming into, in, into, into my house, into my space, into my experience. I don't want to hear that <laughs> with all due respect. And again, it's not, a, it's, not, it's not a good or bad thing. It's not like, oh, we don't, it's not like, you know, creating a, a disparity between two people. But you have to understand communication patterns and nature of that experience that it creates. You come in someone say, say, oh, you're lucky. You've got everything you want in life or whatever it is. But now immediately you've created a negative communication pattern, which now has to be broken down before you start moving mm -hmm. forward towards a more successful communication. Awesome. Now, Jess, obviously you know, you're talking there through, you know, through a range of experiences, but I want to kind of give an opportunity for, for people to kind of uh, learn a little bit more about you and the work that you do. So do you mind just maybe sharing a bit more insight around, you know, the work that you do with your money mastery program and, how people can maybe get access to that? Oh man, um, Money Mastery is a remarkable program that it gives you the tools, the insights and the systems to really make more money, to manage your money more effectively and to invest it powerfully. And we go through that whole series. So um, I'm not sure when the next one is going to be yet. It'll probably be in May, but I haven't set a date yet, but we'll set a date for that. And it's a really transformative, like if you go to my Instagram, and you see the stories, you see the, some of the feedback that we got from last night's session. It's amazing what it can create. And one of the things that's so vivid about it is that irrespective of where you are financially, the outcome, the impact is so real and vivid. And I have to tell you, like I've got to do some of the stuff that I teach on the program because again, we're always learning about who we are, how we think, how we behave. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think about, okay, investing and, and, and the mathematics of money. But if you don't understand the psychology of money before you get to the mathematics, then you're going to have problems down the line. You're going to feel good for the first two or three years and be like, mm -hmm. I'm investing, like I'm winning, I'm smashing it. And then five, somewhere between five and 15 years down the line, you're going to fail massively because you don't understand what your psychology is. And what um, what some people say to me is, oh, is the course just about mindset? Is it just about understanding your psychology? No, and this is the only program that takes you through that whole entire journey of understanding the mindset right the way through to investing powerfully or the only course that I know that does that. And that does that in a real sequential format that sets you up for the next 20, 30 years of your life. Mm, no, fantastic. So I can kind of, if I take it back to the topic of the conversation in that, that saving versus investment investment piece, what would be some of the key tips that you'd maybe give some of the listeners and viewers around, you know, yeah, deciding which avenue to go down and maybe how, how far down those avenues to go down, if you like? Yeah, the first thing you've got to do, and I think we touched on this last time, is to know what your savings ratio is. Um, you know, if you make 100k a year and your savings ratio is 5% versus someone who makes 50k a year and their savings ratio is 50%, 
that person with the 50% savings ratio is going to build wealth significantly faster than the person with a 5% savings ratio. So you've got to know your savings ratio and then you've got to build it up to a point of, of your, your, your tipping point, if you like, to the point where we, we discussed this earlier, where you find your equilibrium, you find where you're really comfortable, you're really at peace and you really know where all of your money is and you're really comfortable with how money is working for you and how, you, how much money you've got saved. Mm. So it's really about understanding what that savings ratio is. You can go to the moneytracker.com code.uk you can get it so that you can really start to assess each month what's my savings ratio this month 16 percent. all right cool next month can i get it to 18 percent? what do i need to do okay next month how can i get it to 20 percent? what do i need to do and having these conversations with yourself will allow you and empower you to really start to build your wealth independently awesome and just obviously you know you got your money mastery program but that's not where it ends you know you also um correct me if i'm wrong you're also a mentor to many people so if maybe people wanted to get in touch with you and kind of pick up um, some additional tips or maybe inquire about your mentorship, where can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. I do uh, one-to-one mentoring if people are looking for it. So people can just reach out to me on Instagram. I do mentoring on property, on business and on personal finance. So if people need experience or expansion or in any of those areas, I've got over 17 years of experience that I, that, that, that I love to share with people. Awesome. And guys, just to kind of you know remind you, you know, you're listening to the Coaches Network podcast with a slight twist, um, in a collaboration with the Money Mastery Program. Uh, myself and Jazz will be you know speaking weekly on various different topics, property, finance, and money related. Um, so please do join us on a weekly basis. Uh, let us know your thoughts. Don't forget to leave us a review so that we can keep this great content uh, coming out for you guys. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Coaches Network or on Twitter at the Coaches Net, and Jazz uh, on. Instagram at the Jazz Rose. Perfect. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, guys, take care. All right, thanks so much. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.